Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Monday, September the 18th, 2023. It is currently 6.07 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Well, it's Monday evening. I haven't gotten much done today. Like, let's just full transparency. I haven't got a lot of things done today. And so that, you know, I get a little frustrated. I get a little bothered when things don't go my way, when I don't get all the things I need to get done, done. We, We did do a Bible pop quiz broadcast. I think that went halfway okay. Still trying to get the format format down, trying to see how I want how much review, how do I do the questions? Uh, I think we've agreed on five questions for that. We did the Bible pop quiz today. So if you haven't answered those questions, please take some time to do that. And then tomorrow we'll be, we'll do another Bible pop quiz. In fact, I was here uh, just, a, I don't know when, some point today, I was here with my Bible pop quiz notebook. And if you were to turn the page, I've already written two questions. I've already written two questions for tomorrow's Bible pop quiz right here. Now, if you could break in, you could, you could, you could make copies and hand it to all your classmates and everyone would be prepared for the Bible pop quiz tomorrow. But I'm sorry, you, you, you can't, you can't, you can't see, but I can tell you this, that what we're getting ready to look at from this very chapter there's going to be a question from the Bible pop quiz that's going to be coming from the chapter we're about to look at, which is 2 Timothy chapter 2. There will be a Bible pop quiz question tomorrow from 2 Timothy chapter 2. So, see, you're getting, you're getting, shh, don't tell every, don't tell your classmates. If they didn't listen to this and then tomorrow during the pop, pop quiz, they're not ready, then that's on them, right? I mean, do you want to? Oh, you're going to, you want, you want to make lots of friends. So you're going to tell everyone. Okay. I see how it is, but no, tomorrow for the Bible pop quiz, there will be a question from second Timothy chapter two. So you can get a head start if you, if you want to just really start reading it, but you got to go do the other pop quiz. But in the meantime, while I, while I was writing those questions, sitting here on my table here, was the October through December 2023 edition of the feature, A Daily Bible Study Guide. I talk about this all the time. I talk about this all the time. I use it constantly. And if you've been looking, listening to our broadcast, you know we did a broadcast on Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Uh, we did a, we did kind of a, uh, kind of a broadcast, kind of a devotional message about, well, tomorrow, right? Some concepts about tomorrow, principles about tomorrow. We did that. All of those came from the feature, a daily Bible study guide. They came from that. And the one today I've been wanting to do, like I was going to do it like the, right after I did the one about tomorrow, I wanted to turn on the microphone and do this next one, but I've been just a little perplexed on how to approach it, right? Because I know there's been lots of devotional messages, lots of sermon uh, sermons on this text, but I'm like, so how do I want to approach this? So I'm going to approach this almost in a Bible study exercise slash devotional approach. 
um, basically giving you the work to do, which you know I love to do, and hopefully you'll give this some thought and you'll work on this. I don't know if I have good answers. I really don't know if I have good answers. If you would have asked me at different stages in my Christian life, I would be like, well, it's so simple. It's this. But I don't know if there's good answers. But are you ready to at least look at it? Second Timothy chapter 2, 2 Timothy chapter 2, and I'm going to read verse 14 and 15. I'm only, I'm only going to read verse 14 and 15. And listen, I am very, very, very much aware that most other English translations translates verse 15 very different. Okay. And the King James, it says, study to show thyself approved and other English translations that does not say study to show yourself approved. It doesn't. It says basically to put forth effort or to work, I think, to show yourself approved. In fact, I'll just read it really quick just to get this out of the way because anytime you do this, someone's going to email going, well, why doesn't it say this in the in, in my translation? Just 2 Timothy 2.15, the, uh, the NIV, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. New Living Translation, work hard so you can present yourself. ESV, do your best to present yourself to God. Uh, The Berean study, make every effort. So they're, they're like, put forth some effort, work, do something. The translators of the King James obviously felt that the work, the effort that was to be done here, and, the, and obviously based on manuscripts that they were translating from, they translate the, they, they identify the work here that you're supposed to do to so to show yourself approved unto God is to study. All right. So you can look at that. I was going to spend some time with that, but that's not what I want to focus on. Here's what I want. I want you to think about as a pastor, as a pastor. Now I want you to think about your pastor or think about pastors in general, but I think that this is also applicable to, to the average person sitting in the pew. As Christians, there are, but I'm going to point it, I'll put it back behind the pulpit for, for the moment. As pastors, there are the words we speak. We stand behind the pulpit and we preach sermons and we teach. We may turn on microphones and do Christian podcasts. Whether you are a, you may be a Sunday school teacher, whatever the case may be, we have as anyone who's in ministry, anyone doing anything, whether podcasting, preaching, teaching, Sunday school, it doesn't matter. Anyone who presents the word of God, there's two things. There's two concepts related to words, right? There are the words we speak. And there is the word we have. It's God's word. We have the words we speak. So we have man's words that we speak and we have God's words that we are supposed to study. All right. That we are supposed to do something with. Now, I'm just going to look at these things from two perspectives. The words we speak. And then I'm going to say it this way. The words we speak and the words we are the word we divide. The words we speak and the word we divide. Those are the two concepts I really want you to write down. The words we speak and the word we divide, or we could just put it, the you could write it down to make it more personal. The words you speak and the word you divide. Now, I think this, I think the primary focus here is on pastors. I'm not ignoring that. But as a Christian, I think this is still applicable to you. All right. I, I, I do think that it is. All right, so you ready? The words you speak and the word we divide. You'll see this very carefully in this text. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 14. Of these things, put them in remembrance, 
charging them before the Lord. Now, right there, we could try to, try to identify the things that they're to put them in remembrance of, but for our devotional message, we're just going to press on. Charging them, charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. Now, here are the words we speak. Now, as a pastor, they, 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 they were being charged here. It doesn't matter if you're a pastor, Sunday school teacher, anyone. You speak words, even as a Christian. You speak words to people. You talk to people, right? You speak words. So here's the question that I really want to identify. What are these words we are to avoid? But it says, but I charge them before the Lord that you strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. Do not strive about words that lead to no profit or to the subverting of the hearing. Or of the hearers, I should say, not of the hearing, of the hearers. Well, it's going to subvert their hearing. Their hearing as well is going to be subverted, but it's going to subvert them. Now, what, what are these words that we are not to strive about? Now, are, now you can think of it this way. In fact, now that I'm talking about it out loud, I think I'm changing my focus. Because I, I think my original focus is I got to identify the words. that what, what are these words that we are to avoid, right? What are the words? But I don't know if it's words we're to avoid. I think it's we need to avoid the action that we, what we do with the words, the words maybe, I mean, I don't know. Which way do you look at it? Are these words that we're supposed to avoid or is these words that are okay and right? But what happens is what we do with them, right? So I'm charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. Are the words okay, but we are striving about them and it's subverting the hearers. Is it the words? Is it the words themselves, or what we're doing with the words? Which way? And again, I love to leave you with like more questions than answers. Which which one do you think it is? I'm gonna I'm gonna look back at how others translate this because now I'm kind of interesting. All right, so here we go. Uh, the N- NIV. Keep reminding God's people of these things. Warn them before God against quarreling about words. It is no value and only ruins those who listen. So, hey, stop fighting about words. So, so it seems here, the way that translation has it is, hey, don't fight about words. It's not the words themselves that's the problem. It's the fighting about the words that then is of no value and it ruins those who listen. So it's not the words that are the problem. It's the fighting about it, the quarreling about it, so that you can fight. And the fight equals no value, and it only hurts anyone who listens. So I, so I, in my mind, for some reason, I was thinking, well, you know, it says, strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. And my mind, for some reason, was thinking, hey, what are these words that we need to avoid? What, what are the kinds of words? What are the kinds of things that we need to... Well, strive not about because they're only going to, they're not going to be of no profit and subvert the hearers. I was thinking that, what, you know, what, are there certain issues, certain topics, certain things we should avoid? But I don't know if that's the case now. I'm thinking that it's not so much the words, it's what, that the words could be great, wonderful, perfect, good words. But then we take these words, and as it says in the King James, 
we begin to strive about these words. We begin to fight. We begin to argue. We begin to quarrel about the words. And in the end result of all of the quarreling and all the fighting is, well, the result is no profit and you subvert the hearers. You hurt those who hear you. Now, this raises a lot of questions. Now, first of all, this would have something to do with the pulpit, right? Now, can this, can this happen behind the pulpit where you're arguing and quarreling over words? And then the end result is no profit and you actually hurt those who listen? Now, how, how, now, but at the same time, theology, here's my struggle. Theology, look in church history. Some of the big fights over church history have been over single words. Is Christ of the same substance of the Father or of a similar substance? And you're talking a, a word that, that the, 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 the difference was, was a word of one letter. Right? We can get into the whole church history argument about that. I mean, in time, real literally, it was one, it was the, the difference was in one letter. You had a word that sounded almost the same and, and you change one letter and it's like, oh, wait, wait, now that means similar and that means same. Same substance, we're good. Similar substance, you're a heretic. That's fighting over a word. Words like Trinity, hypostatic union, deity of Christ. I mean, I, I, justification, imputation propitiation, right? I mean, these are words, right? These are, we, and, and much of church history has been fighting over those words. So we can't say we can never, we should never fight over the words, but this, but here is a, a warning to strive not about words to no profit. So when, when I, I don't like, it sounds so good, but when, where is that line? Does anyone know? Like my, my original thinking was, I got to identify these subjects, these words that, hey, just don't fight about them. But I don't think it's the words. I think it's what we're doing with the words. It's what we're doing with the words. How do you know when you've crossed this? How do you know? Oh, wait, wait. No, 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 no. I'm just, we're just... Again, reading from the King James, we are just striving about words to no profit, and it's actually hurting those. Do you? When do you realize you've done that? Now, you're supposed to avoid doing it. Sometimes I think the only way we know is when we realize, well, that wasn't profitable, and it only hurt the people who heard it. I, I, I would challenge you, just look at, I mean, I, I think this is still true today as it's been. I think if you go back to the early days of social media all the way to 2023, I don't think it's ever changed. Christians on social media constantly argue and fight about words and concepts and they fight and they debate. No, I, I don't think I've ever seen anything of value come from it. And it actually subverts those who listen and watch the, the craziness unfold. It's a, it's a, it's a waste of time. I don't even know why Christians are on there doing it. It's just a waste of time. It's fighting and arguing, fight. And I rarely see, oh, wait, I think you're right. It, that may happen in private messaging, but I rarely does it happen right there in the open. Oh, I'm not saying it never, but I'm going to say it's rare. So it wouldn't be what the subject may be very 
worthwhile. The subject may be right. The subject may be godly, but it's our how we are conducting ourselves. When do you know? When do you know? Wait a minute, we've crossed a line here. We're just we're striving about words to no profit, subverting the hearers. And and the problem is this is so vague in a sense, and, and I know some people will disagree with that, but I do believe it's so vague that anybody could you could you could make an accusation against anyone and look look what they're doing. They're fighting over words and it's of no profit and it's subverting the hearers. They're striving about words and, 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 and they can look at you, but you're striving about. But then in some situations, you're like, Man, I think you need to be striving about those words because you're kind of going along with heresy. And then, well, no, no. Yes. Like these, how do you work this out? If we look up, if we look up any commentary here, if we look up any commentary here, we find if we just go to uh, any commentary, I'm just going to look here. Um, see, they don't, do they even give us any? Okay, now, okay, this is how one goes about it. There was a grave danger that such empty, profitless disputes about words and expressions, which we know occupied the attention of many of the Ephesian so-called Christian teachers would end up in distracting the minds of the members of the of several congregations who would naturally take their tone and matters connected with religious life from their teacher, and thus words would soon be substituted for acts in the lives of those men and women called by the name of Christ in Ephesus, where the strifes of words are mentioned among the special characteristics of the false teachers. And it says 1 Timothy 6, 4, I'm going to look here. I'm going to go to 1 Timothy 6, 4 for a possible cross-reference. Okay, 1 Timothy 6, 4 says, He is proud, knowing nothing but doting about questions and strifes of words, where, uh, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings. So I, it sounds like in some of these cases that the way you detect it is, is the end result. It's just arguing and fighting and disputes and and no profit and it hurts the hearers. But how do you avoid doing that before you start? Because I think sometimes you would think, no, 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 we got to fight about this. We got to argue about this. This this is the time to fight. How do you know when it is and when it isn't? Now, hopefully you can see quickly when it's not. Hopefully we can go. You know what? This is a waste of time. I'm not. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to engage in this. I'm just going to back out. I'm just going to back out. I, I, I think a good example of this, and to this day, I have to use this, and, and I got no problem saying the name of the individual just because he was such a jerk, and there's just no other nice way to say it. Um, Phil Johnson from Grace to You, right-hand man of John MacArthur. He's posting this these videos because uh, during the pandemic, there's a lot of celebrities who was sing, singing Imagine by John Lennon, Right. And they were lip syncing it, making these videos. And of course, it drove for some reason religious and conservative people nuts because that song is so anti-Christian. And so they they were bashing it. And I just stepped in and kind of said, well, 
don't know if that's a correct interpretation of the lyric. I don't necessarily agree with the philosophy being put forth, but I think we have to fairly represent what John Lennon was trying to say. And so I try to put links to interviews and and people who've talked about the lyrics and what John Lennon had to say about the lyrics and and try to offer a hey, here's let's just be fair. We don't have to like the song. We we, we may not like the philosophy. I'm not agreeing with what John Lennon has to say. I just think maybe we're not accurately representing his his perspective and the next thing you know it goes from that and and until i'm being attacked i'm being attacked and then he he phil johnson looks up my church information and then posts like i seriously question that your church is committed to the in-depth study of scripture he questioned that my entire church simply because I was like, I'm, I'm not so sure your interpretation of John Lennon's lyrics here are accurate. And that means I'm not committed to the in-depth teaching of scripture. See, that was striving about words of no profit. But I had no way of knowing at the beginning that if I just say, I figured he'd be like, you know what? I'm, I'm not the music guy. I, I, you know, maybe, may, you know, you know, oh, that's interesting. I'll reconsider maybe what John Lennon was trying to say. I may still disagree, but you're right. We should fairly represent him. I mean, he's dead. I mean, you know, let's, let's make sure if we're going to, we don't want to bear false witness because, you know, that's a Christian thing that we you know, we're called to do. So, but it, it, it was, it was, uh, it was insane. It was crazy. I had to finally, like, I had to think I start blocking people. I was just being attacked and I'm like, I had no desire to get into any, I was just kind of like, oh, Oh, I don't know if those are the right way to understand those words. I just, oh, come on, man. Like, and I would do that for anyone. I don't care. It could be, it could be a pastor from Bethel Church. And you know how much I despise their theology and despise charismatic theology. If you're misrepresenting them, I'm going to step in and go, I don't know if that's exactly what they say. I've done that with Stephen Furtick before when people post a little two minute clip of his, right? And I'll be like, I don't know if that's exactly what he's saying. And guess what happens? Immediately you get attacked. Oh, how dare you take up for this heretic? You heretic. And, and, and you're just like, you know what? It, it, it's, it's, we're fighting about wor- words and it's of no value. Now, I think, the, I think it's fair to step up and t- defend someone. But if all it's going to turn into is now your church being attacked, you being attacked personally, because Christians can't conduct themselves in a reasonable way. They can't conduct themselves like a normal human being. They just attack, 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 attack. Then you just like, you know, you realize just don't engage Christians on social media. Just don't. I would rather talk to atheists, agnostics. I would rather talk to, I'm not going to talk to Christians. And I'll never forget that. And the reason it, the reason it still sticks with me is because I, I looked up to Phil Johnson. He, he had a major impact on my ministry. He's, the, he's the, one of the reasons I used the King James. He had a profound impact on many. And, 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 I, and, and I've never really spoken to him. And, it just, and, and he, just, he just goes on the att- defensive and, and attacks, goes on the offensive, really. And it's kind of like, what just happened here? Why would that work? Why would that happen? And it was right there in public on social media. So I'm not, you know, sharing some private communication. It was right there. And to this day, I will never understand why that would happen. Like, I just, it was so like, I wasn't trying to fight you. I wasn't even trying to disagree with you. You hate John Lennon's song. Okay, man, 
Calm down. Is it that big a deal? The song's like, you know, I don't even know, 40, 50 years old. I mean, I mean, it's, you know, can we move on? Like, is are you that invested in your hatred for the song? I mean, give me a break. I, you know, what, did you expect John Lennon to put forth a, a song that meets all your biblical and theological requirements? Like, I don't even understand sometimes. So, um, but where, where I, I should have, should I have seen that beforehand? Was I, and guess what? Anyone watching that, nobody was benefiting from that. It was subverting the hearers. There was no profit that came from that. There was none at all. No profit. No profit. So how, what, what, how do we, how do we apply this? I know it applies to the pastor. Like when does the, when is the pastor in the pulpit? He's, he's guilty of, Striving about words to no profit, subverting the hearers. Now, some will say, and this is why some say, don't get into all of the theology and theological controversies and textual issues behind the pulpit because you're, you're striving about words and it's going to be of no profit. But I say, I'm not a fan of that concept there because where else are you going to strive about these theological issues? It has to be behind the pulpit, right? I mean, like, how do we make this work? And then, so I'm, I'm just going to leave that one there. There's much more we could talk about there, right? But I want to just throw that out there for you to struggle with, right? I mean, in your own, if we apply this to your life in any way, when have you been guilty about striving about words to no profit to the subverting of the hearers? And obviously this would be in reference to theology and the Bible and Christianity. When have you engaged and we're like, I'm just sitting here arguing with this person and it's of no value to anyone. But again, how do you keep yourself from it? It's easy to see when you've done it, but how do you keep yourself from it? I don't know. I don't even know if I have an answer. And then verse 15. So there are the words we speak. Now here is the word we divide. Look at it. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. There are words that we are to avoid. Oh, and I see, see what I just did. I just, I reverted right back to my original way of thinking. It's not words we are to avoid. There are actions when it comes to words that we speak. It's, it's how we deal with the words. I, I still want to try to give me, give me the words I should not fight about, but it's really, it's, it's any words. We're, we're not to fight and strive about words to no profit that subverts the hearers. So I, I keep wanting to kind of revert back to my original way of thinking, but I'm changing my way of thinking live on the air. And that is my editorial power. Okay. I can do that. Right. But that's okay. Because that's why you constantly read and study the Bible because your, your th- things change, change. So, but those are the words we speak and what are we to do and how are we to conduct ourselves with those words? But then there is the word, the word, God's word, and we are to rightly divide the word of truth. Right? How do we rightly divide it? How are we to rightly divide it? We're not to... Strive over words, no profit and subvert hearers. So that would be, we should not strive somehow with the words of, of God, I guess, in a way that 
is of no profit and subverts here is there that like there's there's wisdom that has to be apply, applied there but then we are to take the word right the word and we are to rightly divide it now everyone thinks they rightly divide it that's the, if you talk to you can take take anyone's system of salvation whether you're calvinistic or non-calvinistic pelagian semi-pelagian um Arminian, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter where you fall in. Lutheran, doesn't matter where you fall in uh, into the categories about salvation. Everyone thinks they rightly divide the word. You can keep, you can lose your salvation. You can't lose your salvation. They believe you you rightly divide the word. You baptize a baby. You don't right, baptize a baby. Everyone believes they're rightly dividing the word. Whether you're an amillennial, premillennial. Covenant, uh, covenant theologian or dispensational. Everyone believes they're rightly dividing the word. Everyone believes they're rightly dividing the word. Everyone believes, not everyone can be rightly dividing the word. There's no way we can be rightly dividing the word and come up with so many different interpretations and so many different denominations. So what is the, if we knew the right way to divide, then there would be less division, but obviously no one has figured out the right way to divide. What is the right way to divide the word. Do we have, does the text even give us any idea, rightly dividing the word of truth? Now, obviously it seems to be coming from our work that we put in, the study that we put in, but there's been people who've spent, Harold Camping, you know, back from Family Radio, if you remember the controversy with him. I mean, the man was committed to the scriptures, read the scripture, studied, read, study, read, study, read, study, read, Bible, Bible, Bible. The Bible is the final authority. Bible. No, no other extra biblical revelation. He's against tongues, against the charismatic move, movement. The Bible. Compare scripture with scripture. The Bible, the Bible, the Bible. And next thing you know, he's like, the world's going to end in 1994. And next thing you know, the church age is over. You have to leave your local congregation. Are you taking the mark of the beast? And the world's going to end in like 2014. And I mean, and then all of just like craziness. So, I mean, he was studying. So studying does not guarantee one will rightly divide. I mean, these are just basic concepts that are here that I, re- I want you to struggle with. I want you to try to answer t- this evening or tomorrow or whenever you get a chance to work on these. Because I want to avoid striving about words to no profit to the subverting of hearers. I don't want to do that. I would hope you don't want to do that. And I hope that you would want to rightly divide the word and I would want to rightly divide the word. Now, obviously, this first, the first application to this and, and its primary application is to pastors, teachers, anyone, you know, teaching ministry. But in a roundabout way, all Christians, you go to church to be equipped for the work of ministry. And as a Christian, if you're supposed to be listening to preaching and teaching and being able to judge it and critique it, well, then you have to be able to rightly divide the word. Because if you can't rightly divide the word, then how are you going to determine if anyone else is rightly or wrongly dividing the word? So what is the right way to divide it? Is there a system? Are there just basic principles? Everyone will say basic principles, compare scripture with scripture, do cross-referencing. Okay. People do cross-referencing and still you can talk to a Presbyterian. They're like, compare scripture with scripture, baptize a baby when they're eight days old and they become a member of the visible church. And in some cases they may say it washes away original sin and they become saved. Some believe it as a sacrament that's salvific. And I've talked to Presbyterians who, who believe that. They don't believe it's just merely uh, placing the sign of the covenant. They believe it's actually sacramental. It's salvific which I completely reject outright, obviously. 
but they would say that they're rightly dividing, that they're comparing scripture with scripture. I would say, I don't believe in the baptizing of a baby. I don't believe it's salvific. I believe baptism is a, an outward symbol of an inward reality and then, and then, or a positional reality, even to be more accurate. Uh, it's a, it's an outward symbol of an, of a spiritual position. Uh, that we, that we have died with Christ, buried and been risen again. And now we're, we're going to walk a new life, but that's all true of our position. A practice, practically, we're still very much alive and we're not dead. And okay, we can get into all of that, but, uh, and that it's for believers and it's not for babies and it's not sacramental. It's an ordinance and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, but I would say I'm rightly dividing, but there's got to be a right way. What are the steps to rightly dividing? And what are the steps you take and I take so that we avoid striving about words to no profit into the subverting of, of those who hear? I, I don't have any good. This is one of those cases. I don't have good answers here. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. They tried to connect it to you know, what was going on in Ephesus, but or at least the uh, striving about words. The rightly dividing. I don't know if anyone has a clear idea of what it was. You can, you can look up all the theories about what it means to rightly divide and, and by all means, share them with me. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. We may, we may return back to this kind of devotional concept at a later time, but I wanted to, I, I, I just been sitting here looking at it and, and you may be thinking, well, what does, what does the devotional have to say? What does the devotional have to say? Trust me, they don't really deal with either of these issues. <laughs> okay. The, the best I guess they can say is when it comes to rightly dividing, I guess they kind of say is we need observation and interpretation, which I agree, but they don't. And, I, and application, I guess. We need observation, interpretation, and application. But I don't know if that's the right. I don't know if that really helps. That, that, don't, that don't even deal with the whole striving about words to no profit like that they, they they had i apologize hitting the microphone they um they didn't really they, they didn't help so i i completely had to ignore that because i i just i don't have a good answer here i don't have a good answer i don't but we'll read the scriptures again of these things put them in remembrance and it's interesting um, I, I, we could ask this question of these things are the things that he's referring to come before, or they come to the things he's about to list of these things, the things I'm about to tell you, put them in remembrance. And then here are the things. Number one, charge them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. Number two, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Number three, rightly dividing the word of truth. Number four, but shun profane. Are these things? The things that come before or the things that come after? That's a good question for you to work on. And then, how are we to to apply this strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of hearers? Because theology and Christianity is about words. And so we are going to have to fight about words. But so how do we correctly apply this? And then how do we rightly divide the word of truth? There's much more I want to say, but I don't really know what else to say. You can email me, newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. That is 
special kind of devotional message for this Monday, September the 18th, 2023. Hopefully you found it at least interesting, challenging, and maybe you have some answers. Maybe you don't. I would love to, any thought you may have about this, please share newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Everyone have a wonderful night. God bless.